Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. Nations, we thank you for the church, the body of Christ, even as we all gather this this morning, afternoon, evening, wherever we are gathered together, we just thank you that your word is coming forth and breaking yokes, removing blindfolds, healing the sick, raising people from fear into faith. We thank you for strengthening us that we are not joining the pandemic or the panic-demic, the fear in the world. We decide to believe your word. We say you are our source. You are our provider. We say you are a healer. You say, we say you are a redemption. We say in you we live, we move, and we have our being. We thank you even as we go into the rest part of the meeting. We say have your way in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone who may be going through any challenge financially, any challenge in their head, that they're able to receive your word with meekness today and that they, could, they will change their situation. And not join in the fear and in destruction that is out there in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. That was an amazing uh, sharing from my lovely wife, Pastor Bridget. And we're going to share some more scriptures. And after that, we're going to break bread, which is a major part of today's meeting. And... I'm actually going to be talking a little bit more about the communion and the, the impact that Jesus Christ uh, brought for us. Uh, one of the things that Pastor Bridges shared is, is concerning effective prayer. Um, just like she said, everyone who is on this planet today who is hooked up with any kind of media uh, is very well aware that the world is going through what they call a pandemic. Amen. Oh, you missed up for now. And it's, it's important that we know what the Bible teaches as the solution. And that's one reason why we're having this communion service. Um, one of the scriptures she didn't read, but I think pertains to what she was saying, is Second Chronicles chapter number 5. You can put it up there. I, would, I will read one verse from there and... I will go ahead and share some additional scriptures. Don't run away. This is going to change your life forever. Amen. Um, one of the things people have been re- um, talking about is prayer. Second Chronicles chapter number 5. We'll read from verse 14. And many people have been having prayer meetings, which I think is right. In this church, in this ministry, we too have been joining in the prayer. Um, Second Chronicles 7, 14, not 5. So, um, but one of the things the scripture says here in Second Chronicles, I just want us to look at, which is part of what Pastor B had also brought out while she was sharing. Second Chronicles 7, 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I read it again. It says, if my people who are called by my name. Now, of course, that would talk about the church today. It says, if, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I know this is from the old covenant. But the Bible is very clear that it's not just... Praying and begging God, that's going to change things. I know that sometimes people think all we need to do is just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Now, thank God there is time to pray. And the Bible commands us to pray. In short, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. But there are other things in addition to prayer that makes prayer effective. And in this very verse, he tells us some of those things. He said, if you will humble yourself to pray, and then he said you have to seek his face, which means that you have to study. And turn from your wicked ways. He said, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. I think many times people just want it to be all, all up to God. God, you do it. It's all in your hand. Whenever you are ready, please. And it's like we are begging God to make a change. But the truth is that God says we are in partnership. 
There are things that he can do and he should do, and there are things we can do and we should do. And one of the things he said we should do here is humble ourselves, seek the face of God, search for what the word of God says, and then turn from our wicked ways. He said he will hear from heaven, he will forgive sins, and he will heal the land. Someone say hallelujah. I say, ha- say, say hallelujah. Praise God. Now, one of the things this, this verse of Scripture tells us that most of the times, if not every time, when we see things like this that's happening, like the pandemic and problems, it's not just God that is trying to destroy. The Bible tells us, well, she also mentioned in St. John chapter number 10, it said, it's the thief that cometh to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He said, but I am come that you may have life and have life in abundance. But here in this second Chronicles, uh, go back there, the Bible is telling us also that if we would turn from our wicked ways, seek the face of God, he said, God will hear from heaven and heal the land. Which means that if we are praying and praying and praying and begging God, and there is no Turning around, no repentance, no seeking God, no finding out what God wants us to know and doing what God says we should do, then the, that this scripture doesn't guarantee that just praying alone is going to get it done. And that's one reason why it's important the things we have been sharing and the things I'm going to be sharing as well, so that we understand that it's not just begging, 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 it's actually walking with God. It's walking in accuracy, knowing what God expects and demands from us and following it. And one of the things he said we should do here is repent. I know some people say, well, our sins have been paid for and we don't need to repent. I hear that a lot today, but um, the Bible tells us there are different kinds of sins. It's not just talking about breaking the laws of the old covenant. One of the things the Bible tells us, especially in this new covenant that people have to repent from, is unbelief. Fear. And from the very beginning, the Spirit of God has been saying to me, come against the spirit of fear. That fear is worse than the coronavirus. And that people who are afraid, they become susceptible to the sickness. So we have been teaching, don't fear, don't fear, don't be afraid. Don't talk fear, don't think fear, don't expect fear. Don't follow the news, don't count the numbers, don't count the death rate. Don't count how close it is to you. You say, why? Because all these things gender fear. And the Bible says that if you are going to receive grace, if you are going to receive healing in your land, then you cannot walk outside God's principles. And one of the principles of God is that we cannot be in fear. We have to be in faith. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so we say, don't be afraid. I'm not saying don't wash your hands. The Bible already tells us to wash your hands. Praise God. Even though Jesus said it's not as important as your faith. It's not, it's, it's not as important as what you are saying. You know, some people wash their hands, they wear face masks, they you know, wear protective gear, they wear gloves, and then they are confessing fear. They say, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's dying. No matter how much hands you wash and how much you cover your face and you wear protective gear, if you are not in faith, you are more susceptible than someone who is walking by faith. Somebody say Hallelujah. So the Bible said there needs to be repentance. And one of the things we have heard this afternoon is that we have to repent from the unbelief of not giving our seed so that we can have increase. You know, one of the things the enemy is obviously trying to do with all of this pandemic is to steal people's finances. He wants to destroy their finances. He wants to destroy companies and businesses. I know many nations are doing all they can to build people, are giving people money. Some people are so happy. It's like, let it continue. Governments will give us bailout. No, that's not the way God wants us to live. God wants you to control by faith your income. If you have to depend on the government, guess what? They'll tell you where to sit, where to go, how to live. And that's why you have to be concerned also if you are trying to borrow large sums of money. The Bible says that, that the, the lender becomes you know, servant. The borrower becomes servant to the lender. So you don't want to put your business and your personal life under someone's authority when you don't need to. And that's why you have to learn the principle of giving, receiving. It doesn't change. The Bible says even in the day of famine, Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold. So if you want to guarantee your financial future, just like we have been told, You have to continue in the principle, in the law of seed and harvest. Somebody say hallelujah. But let's also turn turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Like I said, primarily one of the things we are doing today is breaking bread. 
Um, we want to have a, a very uh, short service. My, my, my average message is usually two to three hours. So I'm going to make it short because we, we plan to close uh, within the next hour. So, um, but, but, but stay and listen. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And many of the things that are being prescribed, thank God for them. Uh, they, they, they do their part, you know, uh, you know be, be safe, safe distancing. Uh, but the most important thing that we protect you in this time is the word of God. Is the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is life to those that find them and healing and health to all their flesh. The Bible says that God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. He's the one that really knows what the solution is. And we're going to look at some scriptures. And again, I want to encourage you, like we have been told, go and examine these things again. Study them. Study them for yourself. Don't just, don't just, you know, just listen to pastors. Sometimes pastors can miss it. Praise God. And not deliberately, some of them just missed it. Like the pastor who was saying that uh, Timothy and his wife Silas went around preaching. No, he, he, that's what he thought. Now, that did not stop him from getting miracles, but, but he missed that Silas was not Timothy, Timothy's wife. Praise God. It was not Paul's wife. All right, let's go to um, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Can you put it from verse 23? Let's look at it. Now, this is talking, Paul here was reading or recounting what Jesus had said to him about the communion. This is very key to what we are going to be doing tonight or in the afternoon or morning, wherever you're watching. He said, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed to bread. Now, when the Bible said the night which he was betrayed, you know that that was a serious night. That was the night that he was crucified. If you read the book of John, a large part of the book of St. John was for those last few days. Jesus taught his disciples a lot. I believe that was when Jesus was able to pour a lot into his disciples. That's where he prayed, you know, the prayer that we read in St. John 17. We'll have time to go to that. But the Bible says that this is one of the things he did that, that weekend that he was betrayed and crucified. He said he took bread. Next verse, 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. You know, I have to go read it again in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and it's very, very clear. Jesus didn't say, Take this is a part of my body, or this is, this is a symbol of my body. He didn't say, take it, uh, this is a representative of my body. He said, take it, this is my body. Now, if the creator of the universe says, this is my body, what, what is it? It is his body. You know, many times people just walk by sight, Maybe they don't see uh, meat looking like flesh. They bite it, they don't see blood. They say, no, that's bread, that's biscuit. But Jesus said to them, he said, take, he said, eat. He said, this is my body. He said, this is my body. Let's continue. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. He said, Do this in remembrance of me. The Bible says, After the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament. In my blood. You know, I've read these things many times, but I never saw it this way. He didn't say, this cup contains blood as a type to remind you of the new covenant. He said, this is the New Testament. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. That means the New Testament is the blood in the covenant. That means that someone who takes the cup is partaking of the new covenant. You are not just doing a symbol. 
In short, I won't have time to read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I just wanted to read this as a summary that, that the Apostle Paul brought. Because some people actually think Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is in the Old Testament. So I'm making sure we are reading from the Apostle. <laughs> now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in the bridge time. And so Jesus taught from the New Testament premise to people who were not saved so that when they get in, they would know what to do. He couldn't teach them so much because they didn't have the Holy Ghost. But he was operating in the New Testament from the beginning. He was born in the Spirit. So he was born in the New Testament. So when Jesus came, the New Testament began. He was born again. But it began for the rest of the church when he died, rose again, and made us to be partakers of the inheritance which he had when he walked upon the earth. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, so we have to know that clearly. So he said, this is the New Testament. This, the cup, is the New Testament. He said, this is my body. Now, if Jesus said, this is the New Testament, so what do you do to it when you see it? You partake of it. You receive it, understanding that you are partaking of the cup of the New Testament. Now, again, I'm just going to try to slow down because there's a lot to, to understand with this. And two, three-day services is not even enough to teach a, a, a fragment of it. Many of us know that Jesus Christ came to redeem us from our sin and our sickness. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace were laid upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. We know that the origin of sin and sickness came from the Satan through Adam into the world. Romans 5 tells us that through one man, sin entered into the world and sin passed to all men and death passed to all men. And the reason why people are sick, people are, are dying, is not just because of the virus, it's because of sin. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And we need to know this because if you spend all your time, all your money trying to deal with the symptoms and you don't deal with the root of the problem, it's just going to come out some other place. And that's why um, when they dealt with SARS, another one came out, MARS. And they go have all kinds of names, SARS, MARS, class. We know, don't know. Now, this one is called COVID-19. They changed the name a little bit. But it's the same devil that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, we thank God for the medical profession. They're doing all they know from the intelligence and mind point of view, from human ideas. But the earth is not just a physical uh, place. It's a spiritual place. It was created from the realm of the spirit. So the problems and the solutions are spiritual solutions if it's going to be lasting. Somebody say hallelujah. There was no malaria. There was no cold. There was no cancer until Adam sinned. Well, he was the only one, so there was nobody else either too. Praise God. But we know the Bible says that sin came through Adam. And then because of Sin, death followed also. And that's where sickness, disease, and poverty comes from. We know today that people are doing everything to try to stay young. They are rubbing oil of ole and all kinds of cream. But the real solution to staying young is the word of God. Amen. The Bible says that your youth can be renewed. The Old Testament said like the eagles. But we know that the word of God is life. It renews your youth. And so as you're receiving this, you have to receive it properly. The Bible said this is the new covenant in the blood. So in the old covenant, they didn't really understand why things were happening. So many times anything that happened that was negative, they said it was God. When there was an earthquake, there was destruction. Everything was caused by God. But when Jesus Christ came, the Bible says grace and truth came. So Jesus came to explain to us the way things really are. That's what truth means. That's why he said, I'm the light of the world. The world has been in darkness. They thought God was responsible for the, for the pandemics and the sickness and the disease. He said, but I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. He came to show us the true nature of God. He came to show us that sin and Satan was the reason for sickness, for disease, for poverty and death, but that God's will, God's desire is that everyone should have eternal life, a new kind of life. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, my favorite verse of scripture must be most people's favorite verse because one of the most popular verse is uh, John 3.16. Jesus Christ said, um, he said, for God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have 
everlasting life. Some translation says everlasting life. Some translation says eternal life. You know, growing up, I was told that that word was from the Greek word zoe. So I believed it, which is true. And that word zoe is not just a natural kind of life. It was a new kind of life. The kind of life that God had. The kind of life that is indestructible is the kind that is is the joy, the quality, the prosperity, the kind of peace that God has. But in studying it myself after many years, I went back to look at it, and I discovered that the word eternal life it doesn't actually come from just one word. It comes from two words. And the word eternal, which many times people don't use much, is the word ahionios, which means a life that is not subject to change in time. It means eternal. It cannot be improved on. It cannot be destroyed. So the kind of life God came to bring is not just zoe. It's Ionius zoe. It's the kind of life that cannot be affected by time and space. It is indestructible and unchangeable. That is the kind of life that Jesus brought. The kind of life that cannot be affected by coronavirus or any kind of virus or sickness or disease is the kind of life that is the life that God lives in eternity. So he didn't just bring the quality. He brought not only the quality, but the longevity of the life of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's one of the things that I'm looking at today. And how do we receive that life? He said those who believe in him should not perish. So we know it's by grace through faith. That if you can believe, then you can receive it. If you don't believe it, you can receive it. But what do we believe? The Bible says it's easy. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he was raised from the dead, you say you shall be saved. But is that all that you believe? Well, many people believe that and they are still sick. They are still oppressed. They are still They are still poor. They are still in trouble. They are still in turmoil. Their houses are not doing great. Their families are not doing great. Which means that there is more to the scriptures that we have to study. So that we can understand what Jesus came to do. And what we have to believe so that we can receive this quality of life. This zoe. This ionious zoe. This life that is not subject to change. Somebody say hallelujah. That actually in this life it just grows brighter and brighter and better and better. It's a new kind of life. Let's go back again to 1 Corinthians 11. So Jesus began to tell them concerning the new covenant, he said, this is my body. You find that also in Matthew, you find it in Mark, you find it in Luke. Um, He said, when you eat this, he said, this is my body. Then he said also, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Amen. Verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body. This is it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. He said, this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Continue. He said, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Continue. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Continue. But let every man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Next verse. He said, for this cause. When he said for this cause, what does that mean? This is the reason. He didn't say this is one of the reasons. He said this is the reason why many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. If you read it from many translations, you say that's the reason why many are afflicted and sick. And that's the reason why many die, the, the sleep of death. So Jesus is telling us why many people are sick. Is it because they didn't wash their hands? Is it because they didn't cover their nose? 
Now, you say, well, that's what the World Health Organization says. Thank God, and you should follow their instructions as best as you know how to, according to your faith. But the Bible says here, the reason why people are sick is because they do not discern the body. You know, growing up, people were, were told that when you come to church and the communion is being served, you need to make sure that, you know, you didn't lie, you didn't steal, you didn't cheat. And when you take it, if anything of, or like that is in your life, then you get damnation. Uh, and and it, to some extent, there's some real relationship with the truth there. But what the Bible was saying here, and I won't have enough time to go into details, is that the reason why people are sick is they don't understand the body and the blood. They have not discerned the power that is in the covenant. He said they take it unworthily. If you read that word unworthily, it means they are not fit. And the, he said, examine yourself. The other, other place the Bible says you should examine yourself is, is in Corinthians. The Bible says examine yourself, 2 Corinthians um, 13. He said to see if you are in the faith. So people who are eating this bread and drinking the blood and they have not examined whether they believe that this is the body and that this is the cup of the new covenant. They will eat it and drink it and still die like ordinary men because they have not discerned the power of the covenant. You see, the, the, the body and the, and the cup is it's a covenant relationship that we enter. Now, many people don't understand covenants. And so they just... They just Today, they have what they call contracts. Contracts are nothing. They are, they are, they are a watered-down form of covenant. Uh, usually, in those days, when people are agreeing to do something, uh, they say, okay, uh, we enter into a covenant. Your mom is a covenant brother. They don't just shake hands. Some do. But if they enter a real covenant, they take a cup. They cut themselves. And the blood drips into a cup. And then they mix it with wine. The two of them. So they drink one another's blood in the cup. Once that is done, a covenant is set and it's a spiritual covenant. Because the Bible said the life of the flesh is in the blood. The spirit is in the blood. It flows. And, and usually when one person breaks the covenant, even if the other person does not come and kill him, the law of covenants will destroy him. So Jesus was saying, we are entering into a new covenant. And I'm going to give you my body and my blood to drink. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Not a type of it. It is a covenant. You are, you are drinking real blood. The blood of Jesus. And the good thing is that Jesus was God and man. So when he caught himself and his blood gushed, the blood of God and the blood of man was merged together to be in the covenant and agreement between God and man. And so he said to the disciples, this is the new covenant. This is the blood. This is the covenant. This is the agreement. If you will eat my flesh, if you will drink my blood, not a type of it, it says a new kind of life will begin in you. And if you enter into this covenant, knowing what you enter, you have eternal life. The reason people are sick the reason believers are poor is because they are not operating in the consciousness of the covenant. They are eating it unwordingly, without faith, without recognition, without realizing that this is the solution. They are eating it like they are eating bread and Coke. Coca-Cola drink, for those who don't understand what I mean. They're looking at they are eating bread and Fanta. Say we come in and let's just go. They don't understand it. And because of that lack of understanding, when they eat it, nothing happens. And so they live there and they are still subject to sickness and disease. It's not God killing them because the Bible said the covenant, the new covenant, the law of the spirit of life sets you free from the law of sin and death. But if you are not operating in the new covenant, the law of the spirit of life cannot set you free. So the person who does not partake of the covenant, knowing he is a covenant, he is subject to condemnation, subject to the evil out there. 
That's why the Bible says that if you're born again, even if you drink deadly poison, it will not hurt you. Because you are in a new covenant based on greater promises. You are in the covenant of God. And people who don't understand their covenant, who don't discern the body, they are not able to partake of this. Let's go to the book of St. John. We're going to round up and then we are going to break bread. When we take this bread today, you are free from every kind of sickness and disease. Listen, we are not only coming against coronavirus. That's just something new. That's a new kid in the block. Praise God. There are some things that have been destroying for many years. People are just afraid. And most of the problem is just the fear. It's just the fear. Flu kills just almost as most people. I'm not saying don't be, don't be sick. One of the reasons why people are so afraid is because they say they don't have a vaccine. We have a spiritual vaccine. It's called the covenant of grace. The body of Christ and the blood of Christ can set you free and protect you from every sickness and every disease. If you believe, say hallelujah. hallelujah. St. John chapter number 6. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Let's start from verse 45 or 28. Okay, thank you. You're in the spirit. Jesus answered and said, 28, Jesus said unto him, then they said unto him, what shall we do that we might do the works of God? Now, this we won't have time to go into the previous details for time. He said, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him who he sent. What's the work of God? Come on, if you are here, say it louder. Believe. To believe. Say, This is the work of God that you believe on him who he has sent, which means that it is work to believe. That's why the Bible says that you should labor to enter into his rest. Why? Because things are going to keep agitating you, trying to stop you from believing. Somebody who say, coronavirus, coronavirus, hey, you have to do this. You are not afraid. He's, he's laboring in the opposite direction. The Bible says you should labor to believe. So when all of these things are bombarding you, you're hearing all this negative news, the work of the believer is to what? To believe, to cast down those thoughts. To say no, this has no power over me, this has no power over my family, this has no power over my church, this has no power over my seat, and begin to declare because belief, faith has two parts what you believe in your heart and what you say with your mouth. So, the work of the believer is to believe. Let's continue. Verse 30 They said, therefore, unto him. What sign showest thou that we may that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus now was dealing with those who were old covenant folks. They were saying, What do we do so that we can do the works of God? Moses gave us all these ten commandments and plenty of commandments. So what what do you say we ought to do? Jesus Christ said only one thing. Believe. He said, "What, what are you going to show us as proof? Moses gave us manna. Bread fell from heaven. And people ate it. So which sign do you do that is as big as what Moses did? No, they were trying to compare covenants. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now, now, let's stop there. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things the Bible tells us is that the Old Testament is actually a type and shadow of the new. The reality is a new. So everything Moses did was just a type. Bread came down from heaven. They didn't have bread anywhere. You know, there was lockdown. There was no food. But God sent bread from heaven. And they ate. And every morning they had food because, you know, God sustained them. And they were so excited. That was one of the biggest miracles. Now, think about it. There were probably like three million people. 
They didn't have to farm. They didn't have to kill their cow. God gave them bread. Then they asked for meat. God gave them meat. Which means that if you, if you were in the days of Moses, you will not be afraid whether you are going to eat. You just hang out close enough to Moses. Bread will fall near you. Praise oh, God. Yeah. And that was a miracle. And the children of Israel recognized that. And because of that, they followed Moses' instruction. Now, this is another one who says he came and he began to, came to start a new covenant. I said, what, what do you have that is compared to what Moses gave? And Mo, Jesus Christ said, even though that is such a great miracle, but that is not the real bread from heaven. If you read it in the Old Testament, it's actually the angel's food. But he brought the food for sons. Somebody say, hallelujah. <laughs> he said, then said they unto him, Lord, ever must give us this bread. Next verse. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall neither hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never test. Somebody say, hallelujah. Just jump to verse 45 for time. 45. Hallelujah. He said, it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of the Lord. Every man, therefore, that has heard and had learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Not that any man had seen the Father, save he which is of God, he had seen the Father. Verily I say unto you, verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness. And are dead. This is the bread that cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. Now, now, we have to connect these two verses because I won't have enough time to explain it too much. First Corinthians 11 and so John chapter number 6. Jesus Christ said, the people who ate the manna in the desert, one thing that happened they died. Even though they ate, the next day they were still hungry. Then the next day they were still hungry. And when they come and when they shot them, the bullet passed through. They died. He said, but there's another kind of bread. And this bread is not just a physical bread. It's not just manna that fell. This bread is a person. And this is the real bread that came down from heaven that a man may eat it and never die. You will never be in lack. You will never suffer. This bread becomes an eternal life. Short, it impacts eternal life to the person. And then in, in where we read in 1 Corinthians 11, in Matthew, Mark, and Lucas, where Jesus Christ came and brought the communion and said, this is my body and this is the cup of the new covenant. This is the new covenant. So when Jesus was talking about the bread that came from heaven, of course you receive it by faith when you believe in Christ Jesus. But Jesus even broke it down and gave us his body to eat. But you have to eat it by faith. When you eat the body, you receive eternal life. Verse 51, he said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If a man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Somebody say, hallelujah. What about if coronavirus come and he had eaten of the bread? What happens? His body becomes immune to every manner of sickness. and disease. People say, yeah, they eat communion every day and they still die. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The Bible says anyone who eats of the bread and drinks of the cup unwordingly, not discerning the body, the Bible says that he will be subject to condemnation. He said that's the reason why many are weak. That's the reason why many are sick. That's the reason why many people die. They are eating the flesh like eating, eating regular bread and drinking Fanta. Let's go take communion again. When Jesus Christ said, this is my body. He didn't say this is a type. We are not taking a type. We are not taking a representation. We are not receiving a symbol. This is the body of Christ. The Bible says, let God be true and every man liar. So when you take the communion, you are taking the true bread that comes from heaven that a man may eat. And never die. This is it. People don't believe it. Psalm 82 says, they all walk in darkness. He said, the whole world, the foundation is out of course. He said, I've said, 
Ye are gods and ye are the children of the most high. He said, but they die like men, men. Why? Because they are in darkness. They don't see it. They are eating the bread. They can't see it. They can't discern it. And they die like ordinary people. They are subject to the same thing. People take the communion and they are waiting for vaccination. This is the body of Christ that a man may eat and never die. If you can believe this and you receive it, your body receives eternal immunity. It works and changes your body. And begins to operate in a new covenant. Resurrection life comes. You say, I thought if you believe in your heart. Yes, that's what the Bible says. The, 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 Jesus brought it to us physically because redemption is both spirit, soul, and body. He says that we should do this. And in doing this, he said we are reenacting. We are declaring. Because faith has two things. What you believe in your heart and what you declare. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, you become righteous. It's when you declare it that you become saved. Even if you believe you are healed and you never say you are healed, you never receive the healing. You believe you are healed. The healing is there, provided for you. But until you say you are healed, the manifestation is not there. Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with, with the declaration, with confession, the man enters into salvation. So healing, deliverance, the manifestation comes by the declaration. And the Bible says when you take communion, it is a declaration of what you already believe. So if you believe it and you have not said it, then you declare is not complete. So our taking of the communion is a declaration that the true bread of life has come from heaven that a man may eat and not die. And as we receive it, we are receiving eternal life into our bodies. Hallelujah! I say hallelujah! If the church will believe this and teach the world this, we'll have divine immunity. You know how many people left Israel? The Bible said they were, they were up to about three, some people say about three million, same even more. And the Bible said not one of them was sick. Not one was feeble. They were not only, they were not, only not sick, they were loaded with silver and gold. And the, how did that happen? The Bible said before they leave, they should dress up. That's why we are dressed up today. Somebody say hallelujah. He said they should take a lamb and they should, they should kill the lamb, roast it whole, and then they should take a blood and put it on their doorpost. All of these were types and figures. So what kept them healed. It was not the door on their doorpost. The door on their doorpost protected them from the, the destroying angel, the angel of death. And he passed by. But how did they come out and not one of them was sick? The, the Bible said they were supposed to eat the lamp. And they ate the lamp, caught it, and everyone who ate the lamp, if they were sick, Healing took place because the word of God is life to those that find them and healing to all their bodies. So the 80-year-old whose back were crooked, when they ate the lamp, they became straight and they could walk long distances. Every one of them, not one was sick. Not one. The Bible says not one of them was sick when they ate the lamb, which was only a type of the real one. And the Bible said the real one has come. Jesus said, I am the bread. And he is the lamp of God. The lamb they killed in the Old Testament was just a type. And the real lamb came and died for our sins and washed our sins. He didn't just put it on the doorpost so that the angel would not pass. He gave us the blood to drink. Somebody say hallelujah. Now he now lives inside of us. If he's on the doorpost and you come out of the door, you are subject to it. But if he's living inside of you, even if you are in the taxi, the spirit of God is there. If you are in the train, he goes with you. He doesn't have to be on your doorpost. Now he lives inside of you. And that's why he said this is the bread that a man may eat and not die. Now people still don't get this. How did Adam fall? He ate something. God said, don't eat. And he ate. Sin. God translated. Not just because he was rebellious. That's the two things. There was a spiritual rebellion, but there was a physical manifestation. How do we know he was rebellious? He didn't trust God. Because he did what God said, do not do. And it was by eating. So how do we receive redemption now? By believing and what? And eating. He came to reverse what the first Adam did. This is the last Adam. Somebody say hallelujah. And people ate the first one and died. He has brought his body that a man may eat and not die. When they ate the first one, they died. When you eat this one, <laughs> hallelujah. 
He said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, we're going to spend some time to break bread. I just want to mention again that this is not just a ritual. This is not just something we are doing just because, you know, there's something to do now. Everybody's doing something. Everybody's on the internet. Everybody's streaming. That's not why we are doing this. I sincerely believe that if you eat and take communion with us today, according to the word of God, the life of Christ, the life of God is going to come inside of you in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, take it. This is my body. But you have to eat it worthily. You have to eat it by faith. You can play with this communion. You can look at it as just another thing we are just eating, just an element. Who made this? Oh, this one, this one looks the one is even more brisk than mine. Because your own break. That's how people just they, they, and the Bible says that's the reason why people are sick. They trivialize the word of God. They trivialize the, the Lord of God. If Jesus Christ had said, This is my body. You have to eat it as someone eating the body of Christ. Now, if you continue to read in St. John, the Bible tells us that after he said some of these things, some people left him. They said, how can he give us his body to eat? How can he give us his blood to drink? Some said, this is too hard for us. We, don't, we, can't, we can't do this. And they left. He even turned to his disciples and said, do you want to leave also? He said, they said, how, where do we go to? You have the words of life. And one of the reasons people are suffering is because they don't believe. They don't know. Some don't know. Some have heard it. They just haven't applied faith to it. They just look at it as everything else. The Bible tells us in, in, um, in, in um, Isaiah 54, he said, All thy children shall be taught of the Lord. He said, he said And they shall be established in righteousness, and they shall be far from oppression, for they shall not fear. That means that if you are taught right, if you believe right, if you understand right, one of the first things it does is that it establishes you in righteousness. What's righteousness? In right relationship with God. And then because you are in the right relationship with God, you cannot fear. And if you do not fear, no evil can come now. You cannot be oppressed. So people who are oppressed, they have to be afraid first. And that's why the devil gets a lot of people. And that's why I'm so angry with some of the news. I mean, they, they want to give you the facts, but facts can be dangerous. Like I said, curiosity kills the cat. Some have died because they are trying to find out what is factual out there. You shall know the truth, not the fact, and the truth shall make you free. It's not just what everybody else is saying that you want to listen and believe. You have to take yourself out. You have to believe the word of God. The same thing we were taught earlier to the people are holding on now. And they are keeping their little change. The Bible says there's a man that, that, that withholdeth more that is due. But it tends to poverty. There's one that scattereth and yet increaseth. That is the word. So many people think that, you know, you know let's, just, let's just deceive God. We'll do as if we are giving, but we don't really give. And then we just pray, 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 and beg, beg, beg. And then God will just give it to us. It doesn't work. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall be healed also. It doesn't matter if you are giving in secret or you are hiding not to give in secret. It will still come because these are laws of the spirit and they follow everyone. The same way also, it doesn't matter whether people know whether you believe or not. If you eat the bread unworthily, you don't believe it. You just eat it like loaf and, and, and Fanta. It eventually will show up. But if you, if, you, if you renew your mind, repent of unbelief. If you, if you seek the word of God like we are doing and repent of your wicked ways of not, of not believing God's word, of eating it just like anything else, of not recognizing that this is a covenant that God had promised and that the difference between this covenant and the old is that the old could not give life. The people who ate it kept on dying, but he brought a new covenant, a covenant that delivers from death. Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 2, 14, he said that because the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also took upon himself the nature of flesh and blood so that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death and release 
forever. Those who through the fear of death was all their lifetime subject to bondage. Meaning that Jesus came to release us from being subject to bondage. So how is it that many who say they are believers are still subject? Simple. Bible says because of fear. And the way to deal with fear is to be established in righteousness. And the way to be established in righteousness is to know the truth and believe the truth. And that's why God sent me to teach today. Somebody say hallelujah. And so that as you take this covenant, as you, as you reenact it and proclaim it, you are saying, I am in the covenant with God. This is not the kind of manner that Moses and the people ate and they died. This is the body of Christ that a man may eat and not die. So this is the solution. This is Bible solution for the, to COVID-19. That a man will eat his communion in faith. <laughs> that a man believes in the heart what Jesus did and then takes the blood, not a tithe. It takes the blood of Jesus and drinks it and takes the body of Christ and eats it. You can eat his body and drink his blood and be subject to sickness and to disease. We're going to pray right now. Somebody say hallelujah. And I believe the anointing of God is upon his word. And if you are watching any part of the world and you don't have an element to take with us, go get one very quickly. This is the Bible, the way the Bible says we proclaim it. We proclaim, we declare it. This is our speaking. It's not just enough just to believe it in your heart. The Bible says you have to declare it. And one of the ways to declare that you are in a covenant, a new covenant, is to break bread. That's why I say we should do it often. Eat his, eat his body. Drink his blood. Remember you are not an ordinary man. That divine life flows through you. Remember that you are part of his body. You are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. If, if it cannot kill Jesus, it can't kill you. If it cannot infect Jesus, it can't infect you. We are one body with Christ. And he gave us his body and his blood to drink. So that the body of Christ flows through us. And his blood flows through our veins. We have to believe this. If you're watching, just bow your heads. We're just going to pray. Just thank the Lord for his word. Thank the Lord for the anointing that is upon us in this service. Just thank the Lord for everyone who is going to partake with us. That indeed, eternal life will flow. That people will be healed. Cancer will shrink and disappear. Yes, yes, high blood pressure will come. Glaucoma will be gone. Back pains will be healed. Kidney stones disappear. Liver conditions be healed. Listen, if you, even if you have watched this and the person couldn't connect life, you can, you can take it and, and forward it to them and tell them to take communion, that you have found the solution to COVID-19, to cancer, to every manner of disease. That is the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. That if you can eat the body and you can drink the blood, life, eternal life will flow through your bodies. Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. He said that same spirit gives Zoe life eternal life, the same Zoe, even to our bodies, our natural bodies. So your body becomes partakers of his divine nature. The Bible says we are divine. Our body has been paid for. Redemption covers our body. Some people can receive eternal life and let it flow to their body now, or they can wait until Jesus returns. But we like what Jesus said, said to Timothy, uh, to, 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 is it Timothy? Thomas. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So if you wait for until you see him physically, then, then that's, 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 that's waiting almost too late. You know, if you can receive it by faith, you can receive this life in your body. It will transform your body to become like his body. Paul began to enjoy that kind of life. The Bible said this venomous snake beat him and shook it. He shook it into the fire and there was no ill effect. Instead, he began to heal everybody on the island. And though he landed there a prisoner, he became the chief. They brought food for him and he, he saved the whole ones. If you read even while he was in the boat and, and everybody was afraid and said, we are all going to die. And they were throwing their cargo. 14 days, no light. The Bible says, Paul prayed, he got the word from God and said, you don't need to be afraid. Why are you also afraid and, 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 and locking down, throwing things overboard? He says, listen, God says no one is dying in this ship if you follow my instruction. Eventually, he was the one controlling the boat, even though he was supposed to be the prisoner. Because greater is he that was in him than even the commander that was in the ship. He had the spirit of God inside of him. And that's the same reason also we are told in history that Apostle John was thrown in, a, in, the, in, the, in the cauldron of boiling oil and he was not burned. 
Why? Because eternal life had begun to flow into his body. He was being changed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. If you read 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says that, 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 that in the resurrection, it's about degrees of glory. It says like the stars in different degrees of glory. And the Bible tells us that the life we receive is the resurrection life. It says that, and that means that we are entering from one degree of glory to another. And he was a natural man, God born again, entered another degree. And as he studied and focused on Jesus, he became, became changed to a degree of glory that venomous snakes could not affect him. And if you stay in the world and do what the word of God says, you get to a degree of glory, you know, COVID-19 can affect you. It's no matter the sickness. And poverty can affect you either because God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we're going to take the communion now. We're going to just declare God's word over it and bless it and receive it. We have already established that this is not just a matter of eating um, just bread and cup. This is a matter of eating the body of Christ. And if you're home and you have a communion like mine, you can open it up and take out the body, which the bread which is the body. If you don't and you, you, you have a regular kind of bread, you can do that too. Or you can take, take crackers, take anything that is baked. If you don't have that, just take, just take meat. Take anything you have that you can eat. If you look at the word when it said bread, the word actually also means meat. It means food. And it says that his body is food indeed. And when Jesus declared and said, this is my body, it translated anything we are using from communion to being just the element to becoming the exact body of Christ. This is spiritual immunity against sickness and disease. And after we take this, we are going to be praying for the nations. We believe the lockdown is sufficient. We believe people have spent enough time fellowshipping with family and friends. It's time to get back into the business of opening up and, and doing what God called us to do. We, declare, we believe that the churches have stayed home long enough. People have practiced their online media transmission good enough. It's time to gather back together. So we are going to release the nations back to opening in Jesus' name. But first of all, we are going to receive the body of Christ and receive the blood of the new covenant. So just bow your heads and close your eyes as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and afternoon, wherever we are receiving this. We just thank you because we do not declare, we do not recognize this anymore as just an element. We see it now as your very body. For you said, this is your body. <clears throat> and you said that your body is flesh indeed. And your blood is drink indeed. And you said, this is the body that a man may eat and not die. You said, this is the true bread that came from heaven. You said that Moses gave them a bread, yet they died. You said, a man may eat this one and never die. You said, if we believe this and we eat it with recognition, you said, eternal life flows through us. You said, people who don't do that, they are sick, they are weakly, they die. But those who do that, you said, they shall never die. And we believe this. We believe this. So we receive this by faith. We say thank you, Lord. And everyone who has elements in their hands, Lord, I declare according to your word that this has become your body. We say let life, your very life, flow into these elements. Let it be changed. Let it become life to those who partake of it. Let it heal every manner of sickness and disease. Let it drive the devil and the works of darkness out. Let the life, the zoe of God, the Ionius zoe, Take hold of their body from the crown of their hair to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' name. Just go ahead and eat the body of Christ. And the Bible says he also took the cup the same night and said, This is the cup of the new covenant. He said, This is the new covenant. This is the new covenant. This is the new covenant. So as you are drinking this, you are partaking of the new covenant. You are leaving the old system of the law of sin and death. You are entering into a new system of life and peace. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus now operates in you. You cannot be held responsible or bound by any mistake, any evil, any sin that you committed. Because he paid to redeem us, remission, and, and, and to, to, to remove our sin. Not to cover it, but to cleanse us from all sin. And as you drink this, every cause, every effect, every evil, if you believe it, 
that may have come nigh you is removed. Every mistake that you made is removed. You have eternal life because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this covenant. Wow. That, in, that, that you will give your blood for us and give your flesh. You said, what manner of love is this? That you would take our sins upon you, take our sickness, take our disease. We believe it. And as we receive the body and your body and receive your blood, we thank you that we are in covenant with you. That the evil that destroys outside cannot come near our dwelling. That we dwell in your secret place, in the place of covenant with you. We recognize this as the blood of the covenant. This is the new covenant. We receive it. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. And if you are watching at home, just take your cup at this time. Give God thanks. Realize that you are not just drinking just the drink. You are drinking the blood. The blood. He said, this is my blood. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just begin to give God praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, we give you praise, oh God. My Oh, Yes, you are healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You lose. That heart condition is gone. That ear is healed. But it's gone. It's gone. Yes, cancer is gone. You are released. Eternal life is walking through your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Yes, those joints are healed. Yes, yes, eternal life is flowing to your eyes, your ears, your lungs. You are healed. Those lungs open up. Be cleared up in the name of Jesus. You are healed from the crown. I see someone, even your hair, your scarf. It's healed. Your hair begins to grow again because eternal life is inside of you. Yes, reproductive organs healed. Healed. Now you can have children in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pray for the nations. We say the yoke of sickness be broken. COVID-19, we say you have ended. We reopen the nations. Every city, every nation, be open in the name of Jesus for business. We open the churches back up. We open the places of worship. We open the cities, the businesses. We say no more spiking, no more disease, no more that Jesus paid for that sickness. And that the death, the end of COVID-19 is here. We reopen the nations. We say yes, deliverance has come in the name of Jesus. And everyone in the church is exempt from every kind of affliction, every kind of disease, and every kind of financial hardship. Instead, we say, well, transfer is come to your hand. In this season, you are coming out richer than you entered. Yes, the yoke is destroyed. Wisdom is coming to you now. The life of God is the life of wisdom. And it's showing you what to do, where to go, where to be at, so that you will have well transferred. This is the anointing that is released upon you and upon the nations in the name of Jesus. Because of you, your city is saved. Because of you, your state, your nation is delivered from the oppression of Satan. Because we are the light of the world. And we arise and declare the lordship of Jesus over our environment. Satan, you are stopped. You will not destroy anymore. We are still here. Your season has not come. So you cannot kill, steal and destroy while the church of God is here upon the earth. So we stop your work, we stop the death, we stop the affliction, affliction, we stop the spread. We command those things to stop right now and we reopen the nations back to business even better than normal in the name of Jesus. And let all the glory, all the adoration, all the praise, all the thanksgiving be unto God. Let multitudes come to our Lord during this period. Let them see the reality of the gospel. Let them believe. Let them see that believers are exempt. Let them come become born again. Let the churches overflow as we reopen. Let many who seek like Nicodemus ask and say, how can we believe? And let life be, be, be ministered through the houses of praise and worship unto the multitudes. Let principals and governors and presidents give their life to Christ this season because they will see the glory of God and deliverance comes not from the north, not from the south, from the east or the west but it comes from God. 
We thank you for everyone who has been participating in this. We thank you for your church who have been praying all over the world that they are strengthening to declare your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. Again, I'm Pastor Saiki Daniel Erabo. I want to thank everyone who hooked up in various parts of the world. We want to encourage you to be partners with us. You can give online if you if you want to. You can give with credit cards. You can also give by uh, by mail. Uh, the mail information is there, mailing address. You can also give by Zelle, especially if you are in the U.S. Uh, we have been taught also today one of the ways to sustain your finances is to commit yourself to God. Seek the kingdom of God, the Bible says, first and his righteousness, and everything shall be added. If you want to be a partner with us, go to our website, lovefoundation.org. There is a contact information on that website. Just click on it. Give us your information. We'll send you information on how to be uh, continue to be partners, and there's an opportunity to give there also. So um, write us. Let us know how you have been blessed by this. Don't forget to share this video. Uh, it could be a blessing to many others. They can take the communion even days, weeks after this live broadcast, and it will have the same effect. Because this is eternal life. It's not subject to change. This is the life of God. So one of the best things you can do for some people at this time is to share the word. We thank God for those who are sharing material things. People are sharing food. I want to encourage you if you have enough to share. Go ahead and share with someone. But the greatest thing you can share is the word of God. It will bring life and it will also bring health and, and it will also bring finances to them. So share it, like it, subscribe to our page. And I'm sure you are going to have a lot of life-giving messages and materials. Again, we love you. I want to thank all our pastors again. There are many I didn't mention. Even our sister pastors, sister uh, churches like Pastor Kyle Peters, Pastor Isaac, many other pastors who said they were going to be joining us with their congregations. So we just want to appreciate all of you. We love you. And we thank you that definitely we are having testimonies. This is a new month and we have declared the nations open. I want to tell you that coronavirus is gone and it's time to rule and to reign in Christ Jesus. And everybody say, Amen. So we trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 11.30 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.